Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program we produce throughout the academic year in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. In this second edition of season number five of the podcast, we'll hear from Jennifer Thorndike. She teaches Spanish at Monmouth College, and she's responsible for the college's Latin American and Latino Film Festival. It gets underway later this month. Then we'll chat with art professors Brian and Stephanie Ball. They'll talk about the current show in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery. They'll also preview the rest of the show's plan for the 2021-2022 academic year. It's going to be another great year for art at Monmouth College. Monmouth College's Latin American and Latino Film Festival is in its third year, and the theme of this year's festival is immigration. Jennifer Thorndike, who teaches Spanish at Monmouth College, is the coordinator of the film festival. She says that given the current political climate in the United States, immigration seemed like a natural topic to explore in this year's five films. Uh, like we've been doing like these different topics, like a lot like in the different years so mental health was the first then social movements and now immigration uh, I think that we are like trying to go with things that are relevant to our students that students like care a lot uh, and that's like one of the things that I've been thinking every time that I pick a, a topic like what our students want to see in these movies and social movements was something that for example last year was like very 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 uh, trendy in all all over the world, I would say, not only in the United States. And then, like now, coming back to this, uh, that, that the topic of immigration is something that is always there. And we are like discussing about diversity, equity, inclusion. So that is something that uh, that is important for our, our students. So we are bringing that to them. As I mentioned, this year's Latin American and Latino Film Festival features five films. All five will be screened at seven o'clock in the evening on Wednesday nights. They will be shown in Pati. Auditorium, which is on the lower level of the Center for Science and Business. All five films are free and open to the public. And of course, anyone who attends is required to wear a face mask. The first film, which is titled Who is Diane Cristal, will be shown on September 8th. It's a Latino film, as are two others. The other two films are from Costa Rica and from Argentina. Jennifer says she hopes that exposure to the festival's films will enlighten audience members on the challenges that individuals face with the very complex topic of immigration. Uh, as always, I think that I I want them to take all the learnings that they can, like to know these stories, to know these people, to feel empathy, to think about what is happening, uh, to think about what they can do to to have a better world, to be a better professional, to be a better person, to be a better citizen, uh, to think about all these issues that all these people are speaking about and like like question themselves and they say like what we can do to make things better for everyone. And as in previous years, Jennifer says there will be a lot of good discussions held after the film. 
Yes, we always have a professor leading the discussion. Uh, first, like a really, really short presentation, like to be to give some context about the movie. And then afterwards, we always have like a 15 minutes discussion to like uh, let everyone like say whatever they want about the film, because like they like discussions in the past is like uh, students had like a lot of things to say about the topics, about what what are the stories that they like the most, which is a character that they hated or which is a character that they love and uh, what topics like like are really interesting for them. So yes, we are having those discussions at the end as well. The film festival was originally called the Latin American and Spanish Film Festival, but Jennifer said the name was changed to reflect the evolving nature of the film festival. Uh, I want to like to stress that like this 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 um, this year we are bringing Latino films because like we are like telling the stories three of the of those films are stories that are from immigrants or from people that are Latino here in United States. So that's like new. We didn't have that before. We didn't have films in English before. So now what we are going to have is like some Some of the movies are like in English, but some of them are bilingual. Um, so that is something new, and I want to keep that because, like, we, um, we we need also to listen to those stories, the story of Latino people here in the United States. So that's why I changed the name. Yeah. That's Jennifer Thorndike. She's a professor of Spanish in the Mammoth Department of Modern Languages, Literatures, and Cultures. She's talking about the upcoming Latin American and Latino Film Festival. It begins begins on September 8. You can read more about the film festival in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website. And of course, that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. In the story, there's a link to each film. And while you're checking them out, go ahead and subscribe to the Monmouth Calendar. That will make sure you don't miss an event that's happening on campus. Listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College, I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. More than six dozen works from Monmouth College's art collection, some of which have not been seen by the public in years, are on display through September 17 in the college's Lynn G. Everett Gallery. Highlights from the Monmouth College art collection is the name of the exhibit, and it includes some great pieces from the college's collection that you don't want to miss. 75 pieces of art and artifacts dating from the 14th century BCE to the late 20th century. The person responsible for putting together the exhibit is Monmouth art professor Brian Ball. Brian also serves as curator of the college's art collections. Brian says it was quite an adventure assembling a show that spans more than 34 centuries of human civilization. That's why the show takes up two rooms. So I've, I've taught here for 16 years now, and uh, Mary, Mary Phillips ran the collection for most of the time that I was here, and uh, it's the first time since I've been here that we've expanded the collection from the smaller gallery that we have into the bigger room, and so primarily she had focused on putting out uh, archaeological artifacts, our Egyptian and Roman collection. Uh, that's typically what uh, we have out And I wasn't really aware that we had such a huge collection of two-dimensional artwork. So we've got a whole bunch of prints and paintings. Um, I'd, seen, 
seen a few of these things over time, but uh, once I got back there and started digging around and, and, and what we have in the back rooms, I was shocked that we have, you know, 14th century paintings, um, this huge, beautiful collection of Japanese printmaking from the 20th century. And so my criteria for the big room was to focus on 20th century art and um, and really to show things that just hadn't been put on display in a long time, or maybe ever in the case of some of these works. Um, the smaller room, I stuck to uh, the spirit of that room is, is generally uh, the older works. And so that room is uh, really nothing 20th century at all. Mostly it's the old stuff, the Egyptian work that we have, Roman work, things like that. So that was really my criteria. I don't know. I try to put a lot of works out on display just so that there would be plenty of things uh, to see. And so... Um, well, we do have a pretty large collection here. You know, we're not the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. We don't have an encyclopedic collection. Um, but as best as I could, I tried to um, give people a good span of the last four or 500 years of two-dimensional art. Um, and so we've got these really old English and Spanish portraits, uh, Spanish crucifixion from about 400 years ago. Um, and it just kind of rolls through styles, too. So there's a section devoted to realism up to the 20th century. And then a huge part of the, the collection is abstraction. Um, part of that, I think, is the, the people we've taught here over the years. So a lot, a lot of the things in this collection are things that I think uh, George Waltershausen and Harlow Bloom kind of acquired over the years by buying things out of exhibits that were here. And Brian says there were a lot of great discoveries in the collection, especially when it came to pieces that were donated by the gallery's namesake, Lynn G. Everett, who was a resident of nearby Kirkwood, Illinois. Um, so part of the process when I started working in this collection was to try to make sense of it, you know. Uh, and so I'd, I never worked in the collection before I just became in charge of it. Um, and so I didn't have the experience of kind of slowly learning things as I was given assignments. I just kind of came in, you know, used my key to get in the collection and start looking around what was in there. And I just started pulling things out of the, uh, we have these vertical storage shelves for the paintings. And so I started with that. And so it was a, it was a bit like, um, a bit like Christmas, because when you look at work stored vertically in the shelves, all you can see is the edge of the frames. You don't really know what you're pulling out. And it was just hundreds of these things. And so kind of crowded and crammed in there. And so I just started pulling them out one at a time and I'll pull it out without really looking at it, at what it was going to be and set it down and step back and then look at it. And sometimes it would be, a print from the Art Institute of Chicago that someone had put in a frame that didn't really belong in our, in our collection. You know, it was just uh, something might have been in someone's office at some point. And I'd be disappointed because it's just a poster. But then I'll pull out, you know, a crucifixion that's 400 years old. As Brian points out, the show highlights from the Monmouth College art collection would not have been possible without the generosity of donors. So this collection, of course, wouldn't be possible without donors, right? Uh, everything we have here was pretty much given to us at some point in time. Um, and so, you know, it, if you're listening to this and you have an interesting art collection or an art item you'd like to donate to the college, please contact me um, and let me know. And if you have a piece of artwork or a collection to donate to Monmouth College, you can do it by contacting Brian. Fire off an email to him at bball at monmouthcollege.edu. That's bball, B-B-A-U-G-H, at monmouthcollege.edu. This is the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. We're chatting with Brian and Stephanie Ball. They're two of the art professors at 
Monmouth College, and they're responsible for the outstanding shows that are displayed throughout the academic year. Stephanie Ball, who's an art professor as well and director of the Lenji Everett Gallery, said that highlights from the Monmouth College Art Collection is a great way to start off what promises to be another full year in the gallery. So this is an excellent starting exhibition for the year and it really is a an opportunity to show some of the exciting things that Brian has been learning and working in the collections and also bring some things into the light that haven't been in the light. And that is a special opportunity. So often we are showing contemporary works, newly made things, but to pull something you know, out of a dark cubby that's been there for, I don't know, maybe only, you know, 30, 40 years here, but was made hundreds of years ago. It's pretty delightful to have it out. Um, We are following this show with some other, I hope equally as exciting uh, uh, exhibitions. The next show is something we've, are really excited to do. We have been talking for a number of years about bringing in exhibitions of graduate students from surrounding uh, universities as a way to show our current students that here is an avenue that you can continue your education. What, what is grad school like? What are graduate students like? And the particular route we've chosen this year is uh, I worked, I uh, reached out to the University of Iowa art folks there in Iowa City. And uh, we ended up with uh, focusing specifically on graduate printmakers. So I'm very excited to have a show of prints because we have also just added printmaking into our studio art curriculum. I'll be teaching printmaking in the second half of the semester, which is about the time that that exhibition will be open. So I'm super excited about a print show and it is expanding our students' awareness of other opportunities beyond Monmouth. So that should be a good show. Following that is our annual juried student art exhibition, and it will be juried this year by a Monmouth alum and local artist, uh, Cherry Simmons, who graduated in 1980, will be our juror. So she'll select works from the show and then speak about the winning awards at the reception. The spring semester is additionally exciting. Uh, both of our uh, 3D art professors, uh, Stacy Lotz, who teaches sculpture, and Janice Wunderlich, who teaches ceramics, but her own work is also very sculptural, are doing solo exhibitions. Uh, Janice has the first exhibition in January into February, and then Stacy's is March and into April. And those should be uh, really exciting shows, too. And our final show of the exhibition is the Um, as always, senior art exhibition for our graduates. As Stephanie says, it doesn't get much better when you get the opportunity to put together an art season that's as exciting as the one Mammoth has planned in 2021-2022. I think so. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do as the gallery director. There's many components to this uh, job that I really truly enjoy, but putting together a season that has a lot of variety in it, that offers the students a lot of different opportunities, not just for showing their own work in the jury show and in the senior show, but bringing in contemporary artists, highlighting the artists that are here on campus and in this community, 
and I'm, I'm glad to do it. I'm so excited that we get to have in-person receptions as well. Of course, the folks who attend all receptions will be required to be fully masked. But as Stephanie says, it's great to have art receptions again at the Lindsay Everett Gallery. You can read more about the season along with the current show that's on display in the Lindsay Everett Gallery by going to the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. We'll get you to the story. And that's going to be a 30 for this second edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2021-2022 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next episode, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. Have a nice day and stay healthy. So long, everybody. Thank you.